Welcome to the Affiliated Podcast with Thomas and Kyle Costeca. Thomas apparently doesn't have a last name in this say, introduction. Yeah. Nope, you need <laughs> and no. And we're married. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Thomas and Kyle Costeca. That sounds great. Thanks for coming. Uh, Thomas McMahon, and um, really happy. It's been a while since we've been able to sit down and just kind of talk um, through some things in the industry. And today we're talking about a really, I think, big question, debate, conversation that we have with a lot of people, which is AOV versus LTV. Which mm. one matters to my business and which one should I be focusing on? Yep. So that's what we're gonna discuss today. What are your thoughts on AOV and LTV, Thomas? Yeah, gosh, it pops up all the time and we're talking with people wanting to come on a ClickBank or leverage affiliates and all that kind of thing. You know, lots of questions about what kind of AOV do I even need, right? And granted, I don't think a lot of people even think about LTV when they're starting out in mm -hmm. a lifetime value. They're thinking about how much do I need to pay an affiliate from the get-go. That's often what a lot of the conversations roll around. And in my opinion, that makes sense because without a good enough average order value and not a high enough commission to pay an affiliate, you're really going to struggle to kind of get off the ground to begin with. But gosh, yeah, if you're not thinking LTV, then... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's, let's, what we're going to do is we're going to define exactly what those two parameters are. Let's talk about the primary issues and we'll talk about just things you should do to focus yeah. on to do well. So first, just so everyone knows when we say average order value or sorry, AOV, we mean average order value, which represents the average amount that a customer spends when they go through your funnel and make a purchase. For that initial checkout, yeah, right? For the yeah. initial checkout. Yeah. Yep. That is a transaction that is contained within the first purchase is what we're referencing. And immediate upsells too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The upsells afterwards. So, um, and with ClickBank specifically, those are one click. Um, so if you're an e-commerce cart, that might feel more like you're building your cart and then a singular purchase. Mm -hmm. Either way, they're really the same number. It's just the average amount that the person purchases when they first interact with you, that, and then, that initial customer. Yeah. And then how do you determine lifetime value? Because I know that gets, people calculate that pretty differently sometimes. Yeah, so I think um, ultimately it's a good way to think about it is just in general, when you have a customer, what are they worth to you for the life that that customer exists? Now that could be pretty challenging because life is a constantly growing um, number. So you really want to break that down to like a 30, 60, 90 day LTV um, and then still evaluate your gross one. But essentially what that's going to mean is, and what you really want to look at is how much I pay to acquire the customer. How much do I make after they've been acquired? What's that profit look like afterwards? And that's kind of what you're driving for the it's LTV number. Profit, right? Yeah. 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 You mm -hmm. really want to focus on the profit piece. And um, I think oftentimes people were like, well, yeah, I know that, but but why, right? So we acquire a customer and then hopefully we keep making money off them for a long period of time. Um, to think about this in terms that we've obviously all experienced before um, is grocery stores bring us in on deals with loss leaders and things that say, man, that is some great brisket. I know we're in a Costco brisket chicken, shortage. Right? Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, I got to get in. That's a great price. Um, and the grocery stores lose money on that, but they know once you're in there, you're going to see gum. Obviously, you're going to need ice cream um, because you're in a grocery store and it's there, so it should be in your cart. Um, whatever it might be, those other items that fill out your cars where they make that money. So it's a very similar concept that you're going to get them in with whatever that offer is, but all the money that you make in your business really comes with that secondary, the secondary purchases or other things um, that, that they probably didn't intend beyond that first purchase. So um, that's kind of what we're talking about with LTV. So um, as we kind of define the problem and the challenge here, Thomas, and I'd love for you to kind of scope that out, 
when you're talking with clients about AOV versus LTV, kind of frame when that conversation's happening and what it looks like with you. It's very early on, right? If they're like, hey, we've got this offer, we're thinking about this offer, we wanna bring it to ClickBank, we wanna bring it to affiliates, right? One of my first questions that I do with clients is looking through their, their data, right? Like what's your uh, conversion rate, right? What's your initial price point? What's the AOV on that initial price point, right? Really trying to back into, and then I'm asking, right, okay, what can you pay based on the AOV? What percentage can you pay to an affiliate to acquire a customer, right? And that, so we're really just going right into the data right away to see if, even see if they're in a good spot. Because, mm -hmm. right, if it's someone from e-commerce, they might be expecting like, oh, well, we've got an AOV of my initial product is 15 bucks, my AOV is 20, and I want to pay 10%. It's like, that might be hard, right? <laughs> We're not gonna get too much scale with that. So you can set expectations early there. Um, but really you're trying to back out to see do they even have the profit margin built into their front end price points and their conversion rates to get scale with affiliates. Because there could be a number of things that are going into that. Sometimes, gosh, you uncover really funny things with that. Like a, you ask them, it's like, well, your AOV is X and you're saying you can pay Y. There seems to be a big gap there. What's going on? Like, oh, we've got this silent partner that takes 50%. <laughs> it's like, and yeah. they need the guaranteed payout of why. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So it's figuring yeah. out all those little things. Well, let's dial that back a little bit because you're right. Like, ultimately, the AOV, and just to recap what you're seeing, there's the AOV, essentially, the, the larger that is on the initial purchase, the more that you could pay to acquire the customer, whether that's to affiliates, whether it's in paid media. And you mentioned, like, that's what's going to measure scale. And it's really important to know the more you could pay to acquire a customer, the more you could scale to more customers. So yeah. um, oftentimes I hear people focus on like, hey, I want my CPA with traffic to be really low, or we want to lower, a, you know, offer a lower commission percentage, Don't whatever we all? it might be. Don't we all? Yeah, yeah, it'd be great, right? But <laughs> that's going to inhibit your scale. And I think that's a common friction point because people are thinking, margin on the front end versus margin in the back end, which is really an LTV focus for the latter versus the former, which is just that AOV mindset. And that's where I'm making my money off the AOV. So a um, couple of things to break that down a little bit further. You mentioned there's lots of barriers. We do that a lot oftentimes in qualification to find out if somebody's scale ready for affiliates is how much they could even offer. So um, we're not gonna spend too much time talking about how to get your AOV to the right spot. Just know that, that that's an important place to live. Um, so. Let's, we're going to jump forward do we, and say, I was oh, say, do we want to talk any ballpark numbers of like what we can see? Yeah, actually yeah. let's, let's, let's do Just that. Just around AOV and kind of mm -hmm. payouts on that AOV. So let's talk a little bit about like digital versus yeah. physical, and then we'll even throw a little high ticket stuff in there. So sure. in general, what are the AOVs that like trigger green lights for you yeah. um, at a minimum threshold that things are good and maybe we could have the LTV conversation next? Yeah. So. Yeah, for whatever reason, marketers love numbers end in seven. So if we're looking at like mm -hmm. a lower ticket, you know, twenty-seven or thirty-seven dollar offer, obviously there's free trials which are lower ticket than that, which kind of throw things out of whack a little bit. But I'm just gonna focus on the straight sale, let's say thirty-seven dollar ebook offer, which is a common price point and all that. The AOV on those for scale, the ones I see, are probably in the fifty-five to sixty dollar range, right? They're getting another fifty percent kind of on that gross ticket, if you will, from the initial sell. Would you? Is yep. that what you kind of see? Yeah, 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 50, 60 for digital offers. And then, and then that conversion out, yeah. rate needs to be around two and a half. Yeah, normally. yeah. 
and the payouts on that are probably at least 75%. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of affiliates are probably getting more than that at scale for those kinds of offers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where you see sometimes ninety percent, and at the high end, even a hundred sometimes. Yeah, right. They're just going to those types of funnels. Pay to build. They're essentially paying to build the list, mm-hmm. right? And then LTV comes later. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's we'll, what we'll definitely get into. Yeah. That. yeah. So yeah. So digital really in that fifty to sixty dollar range. And one thing I always like to tell people too is you mentioned the free trials. It is important to know that if your AOV is lower, you just need to have a higher conversion, right? Yeah. To a certain point, the the lar- the lower the AOV, the higher the conversion number. Um, is kind of where that tends to live. Yeah, it so. seems like the scaled media buyers really need at least fifty plus dollars on, yeah. on a fixed kind of CPA or you know a net rev share kind of thing. So, yeah, it's and that's been that way for a while. It does seem to be creeping up a bit mm-hmm. lately. Um, but yes, yeah, so if so anyone can pay out over that fifty dollar range with that you know two plus percent conversion rate. I'm gonna feel pretty good about their chances to scale, assuming everything else backs out. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think just a, a quick aside on why that is is the higher the CPA or the higher the payout, it affords a lot of learning for media buyers. They have to put their own funds in there. They need to have a relative margin beyond what they're, you're going to pay them out versus what they're paying to, to get a conversion. Um, so, so they need some learning in there. They need some time to try and test and fail. Um, and if you just don't have a large enough CPA for that, it's really challenging yeah. to go and test and get an offer to scale. Um, it's such a low payout level. So just just wanted to mention why that might be, why media buyers don't want your offer that's only paying out $30 in most situations, because historically that doesn't give them enough room. Yeah, usually the conversion rates aren't that much higher to justify yeah. that lower percentage. Yeah, I mean, if you have a unicorn offer that you know maybe pays out low, but converts like 6% to cool sure. traffic, yeah. sure, great, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, but, but that's probably not gonna happen. So um, cool, so let's go on to fiscal now. Yeah, so physical, we're usually talking supplements when we're talking about this, right? The, yeah. the one, three, six kind of bottle funnels like that. You know, they've got anywhere from like a $49 single bottle and around that area kind of thing. Um, initial on those can be anywhere from like that, gosh, the average initial, I should say, because, right, they're offering multiple options on the front end. So the average initial price on the checkout is usually somewhere in like, gosh, the 80 to 120 range. Mm-hmm. And the AOV is coming in, you know, around that 120 to like $180 range, or some getting even higher than that. But yeah, so it can vary quite a bit based on the bundling, what they're doing on the upsells and kind of how much the bottles are priced at. But it seems like the payouts on those, gosh, are probably in the 65% range on average, with some getting pretty aggressive to the higher scaled media buyers that are pushing some of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we see some that, that go Definitely pretty high, um, you know, even sometimes above 80%. So yeah, I think the average e-com seller yeah. would be like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, not what on like that, wow, how are they getting that high of a car? And also, are they paying what to acquire mm-hmm. a customer with an affiliate? Like, I, th- I thought it would be like 20%, right? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, on the high end, we see people get AOVs, um, you know, at scale well above $200. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely a larger amount there. Uh, I always like to say, like, ultimately, you want to be paying out close to really above, at least above $80, um, close to a hundred, um, for the average payouts for your supplements, which definitely again, sounds crazy. Um, but boy, these, you know, there's a lot of markers. There's definitely a process for how to do that, which we won't talk about today. We've alluded to it in the past before. I think we have a past episode where you've referenced it. So, um, go back in the archives and listen to that one. If you're looking for more details on how to boost your physical Mm -hmm. product AOV, but 
But yeah, that's definitely a good range. And what about high ticket webinar stuff? What yeah, we can just touch that? on that briefly. Because I mean, high ticket to me is anything like 500 to like three grand on the yeah. front end price, right? Um, and those, the lower price, like let's say five to 1500, I typically see those in the 50 to 60% range. Mm -hmm. And then anything 1500 to three grand is usually like the 40% range, it seems yeah. like. Um, and obviously the things are different there. They're often bundled in like a launch contest. So there's a chance to earn even more on a lead contest or a whatever else you're doing with winnings or that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of ways to kind of boost that even more than it looks like on the front end. Mm -hmm. But in that 40 to 60% range on the higher ticket stuff is what yeah. I'm usually usually seeing. Perfect. Great. So now let's let's move and talk a little bit more about the LTV. So we talked about the AOV and I just want to take a moment and say that you can't really have a LTV conversation if you haven't figured out your AOV yet. So we'll circle back on that around at the end, but I just want to throw that out there that if you're sitting here listening to these numbers, you feel totally lost, your AOV is completely in the wrong spot, it's probably a good pause moment. You need to go back and dial that in before you talk about the LTV stuff, because without it, the LTV stuff doesn't carry the same weight. So, and we'll talk about that now, but let's kind of jump into it. So when we talk about LTV, and when you're talking with a new prospect or even existing client that you're working with and you start having conversations of LTV, what are those conversations like? What are the things you're talking to them about? And also, what are the things you're looking for in their business when you're asking them about their yeah, LTV? Yeah, so it's, it's actually a continuation of those same lines of questions about the data, right? I'm trying to get a whole picture of kind of like how that offer is working in their business. So I'm like, okay, what's your AOV? Okay, great. Okay, so how big's your list? What's the LTV of the customers you're bringing in, right? What's the lifetime value? If it's a uh, question, which is often the case, honestly. Yeah, it's a pretty um, common. Yeah, <laughs> people don't know, or they haven't even looked at it, or they don't have one yet, right? Um, then we kind of talk about why that's important, especially if they were surprised by what they might need to be paying affiliates on the front end off that AOV, right? And we start kind of coaching them through, well, okay, you. You know, if you're building a customer list on this and if you're not monetizing them post-purchase, this is why that's important. Now, I mean, honestly, LTV is so subjective to the business, it seems like, that we don't, I, I personally don't get into too many what's a good number or not for you. It's just, hey, if you're not, if you don't have an LTV, it's a multiplier of your initial profit, there's probably a big lever for you to, for you to pull there, right? Mm -hmm. Multiple ways to monetize customers after they come in to your brand, whether it's selling your own, more of your own products, more upsells, cross sales, being a you know third party offers, being an affiliate to those kind of customers, higher ticket upsells, there's all kinds of things you can be doing. Yeah. Right? I know some people just sell the data, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. let's we'll jump into that in a second, but I think one thing I just wanna say, is you're totally right, like it, it's something where the mindset needs to be, um, okay, like how oh, we've, these are all high margin transactions after mm -hmm. we acquired, right? Like our acquisition should be a no or low margin transaction and all our high margin activity where we really get our bottom line cash, that's the life flow of the business should be occurring after or post acquisition. It's not for every business, but that's really where you see scale happen and where an affiliate platform does well for you. So quickly, let's kind of touch base on some of the things that um, you, know, you can do to increase the LTV. If you're like sitting here thinking, I don't even know what it is, what else should I be doing? They bought the product. Isn't that enough? Um, no, that's what it is. Especially if you're enough. a new marketer, right? You might yeah. not have multiple products to sell yeah. them. You might not have higher ticket items to yeah. upsell them to, you know, th 14 days later, yes. right? So it's like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, let's jump into that piece. I, I think the biggest and first one that everyone should be doing is email monetization, whether yeah. that's internal, external, but they need to be getting those emails retargeting primarily through third-party offers that align with your brand or align with your pocketbook, 
Hopefully both, <laughs> that's the ideal situation, um, but making sure you start doing that. So what are your conversations like when you talk to people about monetizing through email and that LTV? Yeah, it's really asking, what are you doing with the customer after they purchase, right? And like most people, oh, we're making sure they get the product. Okay, great, right? Like obviously focus on that and the, mm -hmm. the product delivery is good and customer experience is good. And then it's really diving into, are they comfortable mailing third-party offers as an affiliate, like them being the affiliate? If they're not, why is that, right? Yeah. They, they, oh, we wanna protect our brand identity. It's like, okay, well, it's like, do you think you could do that? If, there, if you don't have other products to sell, you're gonna be really tied to that front end profit margin, which really hurts your ability to scale. Mm -hmm. Right, we, we all know the brands, right? They can pay and go negative for six months and they're some of the biggest scaled brands we know of in the space, right? Because mm -hmm. they can pay out aggressively to acquire the customer on the front end and then they're gonna monetize for the lifetime. Mm -hmm. So it's really just unearthing like, okay, what's the friction point for you on not mailing if you're not currently doing it? And sometimes it's just like, oh, we just don't know how, yep. right? And then it's connecting them to maybe a good list manager who can kind of help come in and they'll take a percentage, right, um, of the profits they generate for you but they'll do it for you and take yeah. it off your plate or something like that. Yeah. Or getting them to a course if they want to do it themselves or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think email, one of the powerful things there is is first, it's it's straight to your bottom line. So if you run a third party offer, what's your cost on sending email? It's practically nothing. Um, and you're just getting cash right into your account um, for those commissions, whatever you're promoting. So super, super high, well, again, high margin transactions. And you have to remember too, they just bought from you. So they're showing themselves to be buyers. So it really is kind of the, the easiest first step, um, but obviously not the only step. And you right, you run into some issues where they don't know how, or sometimes they're concerns about brands. There's a lot of ways around that. You just need to invite, you know, don't, don't take away quick, easy, good money um, that can very much so benefit your consumer base as well. So right, that's you can a, that's still add value, one. right? I think yeah. people are worried about maybe squeezing the customer too much or something, but. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, well, let's talk, another one that you mentioned that I think a lot of people don't always think about is the idea of the value ladder or the, the ascension plan into the buyer. So talk a little bit more about that. You've acquired a customer. What do you kind of see from boosting LTV, not necessarily through We'll say cross-selling, but the ascension into something bigger. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, honestly, you can probably speak to this better than me in your you know previous role, kind of working <laughs> your ClickBank. But I'll just take a stab at it. Um, you know, a lot of that really depends on what they bought on the front end, right? Is that did they buy something that's very entry level to whatever pain point they're solving for? Let's say it's weight loss, right? Um, weight loss is a great example because it's so big and scaled. But if they're buying a weight loss supplement or even just an ebook from you, they've just raised their hand for a pain point they have, they want to lose more weight. What can you do to serve that? Right. I've seen a lot of people getting into like high ticket coaching, right? Where, you know, they might be charging a grand or two grand or a couple grand to like kind of coach someone to get personal individual coaching through that and through their weight loss journey, which probably makes them a lot more likely to actually lose the weight from your front end product and things like that. And right. And there might be steps between right where it's, Hey, do you want just group kind of coaching? Okay. Maybe that's a couple hundred bucks. If you want private, you know, it's five grand, right? There's all kinds of ways to monetize and price this. Um, but what are those kind of like, how can you bring someone to their pain point, solve it faster or some of those great ways to kind of monetize them post-purchase. And then, right. It's kind of, if you're not finding anything like that, that you'd want to build, it's finding who's doing this really well that I could be an affiliate for. Yeah, right, kind of, and then aligning people that way. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, going that deeper, I think uh, one of the things that the biggest gap I see with this is evaluating and asking what more you can and want to give to the consumer base. So you know, whatever you acquire on, it tends to be the broadest and lowest level. How do you get get someone from like a 
container of protein to coming to your like wellness and um, spiritual retreat for 12 grand or 15 grand. Like, how do you get there? Well, the nice thing is like, if you're building all the steps in between where I might've entered in because I'm looking for some protein in my weight loss journey, but then I also found here's some great recipe books that you also offer with that protein. And then I see there's some great workouts, right? And so you're continuing to use cross-selling, but from cross-selling when they make a signal, the next thing is what's the program above? So if you have just single touch points, it's always, so what's a continuity or a membership program, a community, that's going to require more engagement. Because what I want is more commitment, mm-hmm. more indoctrination. If you ever want to see people to do it really, really, really well um, outside of the marketing world, Scientology is actually very masterful <laughs> in their ascension you through. You love the cults, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's just the, the idea of you start, people don't start, you know, at SeaTac or whatever when they go right, into yeah. Scientology. They start at just getting a free evaluation of why they don't feel good. I don't feel good. I feel depressed. Well, here, let me just give you a thing and a reading and we're going to do this thing. And guess what? Right afterwards, people feel really good. They feel really positive. And so as soon as you have that positive buyer experience, you need to ascend to whatever the next thing is. If they signal that that works for them, great. We're going to give them another thing that's going to signal they're ready for the next level. And next thing you know, someone's spending um, a large amount of money on a high ticket. So we did a lot of study of this with um, um, going from Okay, we had certain memberships group. We had a high ticket coaching program that was around twenty four ninety nine, um, and so finding and segmenting certain buyers to where we only were advertising this to our a certain select buyer group made not only our attendance really well, but the conversion was really high, um, and it made them more primed to actually take the offer. So our conversion was really good, and it was really really profitable. Yeah. But a lot of it then was after we did that. It was okay. So this is this group. How do we then do more? What's the next thing that we could do to really provide value to them? So I think that's that's a big piece is just making sure what are those next steps that you could do. Yeah, it could just be more supplements, right? Yeah. Just bigger bundles of supplements yeah. that you just sold them or whatever, you know, replace that with whatever you're, you're selling. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's like bigger programs, right? So yeah. if I started with protein, like, okay, well, what eventually let's talk about okay, you have your protein, well, you need these ones. And now you need your whole body restoration kit. Maybe now it's like a cleanse for a 60-day time frame to yeah. the new complete body. And it's got it's like that, crazy uh, things in there. I know something like that. some friction points people are like, oh, but I'm selling you know free trial. No one wants to buy higher ticket off a free trial, right? It's like, maybe you're right, but it's like that Perry Marshall, no 80-20 sales and marketing book, right? Look at the Starbucks example. There's a certain percentage of people who come in for a $5 coffee who are willing to spend $400 for an espresso machine, mm-hmm. right? There's like a you know, there's a small segment of your list who will be willing to spend higher yeah. and they can be very profitable for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is you don't have to get it right then and there, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. that, that's one of the things with the value ladder we talk about the back end. If you start <laughs> to know how your signaling works and what points you could get them to ascend, you know, and you'll track the percentages. And we were just starting this when I was in the old position trying to track what's my fallout from each layer. Yeah. So then, then you get to an idea where you know, I put this many people in the machine this many get to this point and now you can really see that full ltv picture to where the full funnel now it's not just a funnel within an acquisition funnel it's a full customer funnel comes into view and now you're really cooking with fire because you could just know i'm going to get this many people based on this percentage in like whatever i get on the front end right so now yeah. let's go as aggressive as possible as we can on the front end yeah and that's how businesses scale to you know, the big B number with, with billions of revenue. You start to do that across customer acquisition channels, right? On yeah. Facebook, it's X. On affiliates, it's Y, right? For individual yeah. affiillates, it's X, Y, Z. Things start to pay more or less depending on what makes sense for you. Yeah. Yeah, it becomes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's when it gets real exciting and also real stressful at the same time. Lots, <laughs> yeah. lots of things to focus Thanks, on. So, lots of zeros, yeah. So, um, 
we, we talked about the Ascension. We talked a little about email. Another really just, um, you know, I think easy one is cross-selling, right? So yeah. um, this is big with supplements because um, I remember we used to, like a lot of people were like, oh, I want them to just buy again and rebuy and subscribe, something like that. That is an option, guys. It's a great option for LTV, but I'm gonna tell you, cross-selling tends to be an even more profitable one because we get so caught up and just wanted to be, hey, let's recur and come and buy back. Don't necessarily be the same purchase over and over again because from human behavior, especially with supplements, we like to try a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Like we want to test something out. It might work for a while, but there's less people that just do the same stuff all the time and more people that want to change and try variety. So don't necessarily focus on just being a reoccurring purchase in the rebuy, just be the next purchase. They're gonna buy something again, be in that realm that you are the next purchase with your suite of SKUs and products yeah. and things like that. You've already gotten equity built up hopefully because they liked your first product. Um, so sometimes it's less of focus on buying that one again and just continue to be the next purchase wherever that might be, yeah. especially with supplements in particular. So, yeah, I love that. That's a great point. And then, yeah, last one is continuity, um, getting mm -hmm. some sort of, uh, you know, continuity <laughs> program and, and things like that in there, which there's a lot of different ways to do that. And we won't touch too much on that. That's just, there's some really strong ways to boost the LTV. Yeah. Are there any other, you know, little maybe secret nuggets or? No, I'd just say like, if if you're just like, oh my gosh, I've got this list, I'm not doing enough with it kind of thing. Um, you know, I think being an affiliate first is not just a great way to unlock more revenue, um, but it's a great way to test to see what you're, off uh, what your list and audience wants more of, right? Because it's like, it might raise flags for you, like, oh, maybe I should build this offer that is converting really well to my list that seems to be doing really well. I could bring that one in-house and that aligns with what I want to do, right? So it can be a great way to kind of test and figure out what you want to have your own high-ticket thing to be or to cross-sell. Mm -hmm. So it can just be a great, like, yeah, research and development kind of way to kind of also earn income on. Definitely, that is a great tip, and you kind of alluded that earlier, but thanks for bringing that back home. So just to circle back, I think, um, you know, as we kind of covered, there's things you could do um, to obviously attack the, the LTV, but that requires your AOV to be set up to begin with. And then the reason you want to boost that is when you essentially are making all this money in the back end and you have that dialed in, it allows you to strengthen how much you could pay on the front end to get that we'll call it the acquisition machine churn, machine churning and really giving a lot of sales. So um, just kinda, I guess, kick it back a little bit. Um, the last thing I wanna think is we, we have a lot of people that might be sitting here thinking, okay, should I focus on LTV? Should I focus on AOV first? Um, what What's your thoughts there? What are you gonna tell the people, Thomas, about what's most important between AOV and LTV in their business? Uh, if, I, if we're talking with someone who's new with an offer, my, I'm usually gonna say AOV. Right, because that's what you need to kind of get off the ground is a decent AOV and conversion rate and payout and all that kind of stuff. But gosh, if you're not thinking LTV mid to long term, it's going to feel really tight <laughs> as you start to scale as far yeah. as your profit margin goes. Yeah. yeah. So I think a good tidbit and really the the focus that I hope Thomas and I I think we probably agree we want people to leave with is you. AOV first when it comes to getting your funnel built as a focus, but never build a funnel without LTV in mind. Yeah. So you shouldn't even be starting this if you don't have a concept or an idea of what you're gonna do with your LTV, whether it's gonna be email monetization, if you already have cross-selling built up, if you have a high ticket thing, you're gonna sell them eventually at some point in time. Have that plan in place. Now, it might not need to be dialed in and perfect and executing like a well-oiled machine, uh, before you have an acquisition funnel because you got to get the customers first. 
but it's just, it's a critical part of your business that you can't forget about. Um, and yeah. we see it too often where someone builds a great funnel, they never thought about the AOV, or no, sorry, the, the LTV, LTV. <laughs> and then next thing you know, they're like, well, hey, I had a successful offer, why don't I have any money? <laughs> or the, do you see people chasing AOV too much? Yeah. Like, oh, I need to paint affiliate more. I need to get more of my AOV up so I can pay them more. It's like, well, really, if you just increase your LTV by X percent, which might be an easier lever to pull, because mm -hmm. trying to increase, let's say, $180 AOV might not be very doable for this funnel right now. Mm -hmm. Now you've just unlocked more margin to pay on your initial funnel without having to increase AOV. Right? So yeah. They, yeah. I think the good question is, why are you acquiring more customers? Right. If you're doing it because you just, you're like, oh, no, like, I'm making all my money on the front end. I need to get more. That's definitely a problem where, like you said, look at the LTV. If it's because you have your full LTV and your backend funnel all dialed in and precise, great. That's a good place to yeah. be. Um, you're probably not as worried about AOV, but you still could focus on that and, and boost it up. But yeah, you're right. People chase that because it is a bit of a mind, mindset flip from acquire, acquire, acquire to acquire and monetize, yeah. acquire and monetize. So don't forget to acquire and monetize. So, um, well, cool. Hopefully that's helpful for you guys when you have that question next time. AOV and LTV comes up, make sure you have a plan for both. Make sure AOV is ready before you really put too much effort in your LTV. But remember, that's a huge profit center. If you're not focused there, you're definitely missing out. So um, be sure to subscribe, um, review, rate, do all the podcast things that you should be doing <laughs> um, with the podcast. And be sure to mention in the comments other things you'd like us to discuss yeah. um, and keep listening. We have some exciting interviews coming up. We're going to always have more content. Um, but especially as travel increases, I imagine we're going to be hearing new ideas and meeting new people and then sharing it with all of you. So thanks so much for being listeners. Um, Thomas, anything you want to leave with the people today? Yeah, I'll just say I got some we're getting some outreach from listeners and stuff, just saying thanks and yeah, asking questions. I just love that. So it's, if you're listening to this right now and just want to say hi, hi, hi. <laughs> yeah, reach out to us. Yeah. Ask any questions, well, give us any feedback. You yeah. had a really good story too recently, just somebody that reached out to you, right? Oh yeah. Someone reached out to the, um, after the ship, that ship offers podcast we did, Tony and Josh, someone reached out and was just like, oh my gosh, I've been a marketer for years, um, for other people's supplements, doing Facebook advertising. I didn't realize I could just do it myself and, uh, just go white label and make it really simple. So. They're working with ship offers. They're coming out of ClickBank with a new offer and we're gonna get rock and roll in here. So yeah, I just love that we can add value. And if anyone else has stories like that, we'd love to hear it. Cause yeah, yeah we're kind of <laughs> putting our voices into the void and love to see if the void's listening. So. <laughs> yes, it's good to know that the things that we feel bring value are bringing value to the yeah. audience. So keep enjoying, keep making money. And what's the tagline that you normally say when we leave Thomas? Happy scaling. Happy scaling. Perfect guys, have a great one. Bye. Cheers.